Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, back at it again this week. Um, just going to give everybody a heads up. Not that there's a huge following for this, but I will be going on vacation on Thursday night. So Thursday afternoon will probably be my last episode. I might bring my podcast making equipment with me on vacation and therefore I may do some episodes but it will not be on my weekly basis of where I go like pretty much like Monday through Friday or I try to it'll be more along the lines of maybe I'll do one or two episodes and I might have some guest appearances on my show which would be people from my family who want to talk about football uh In other news, though, I will be doing this entire episode just based on things that I missed over the weekend, Um, some big NFL news, things that are lingering, things I found funny uh, or interesting. So I'm going to roll right into it. Um, I'll start with the probably the biggest one of everything is uh, quietly Tom Brady signed a two-year extension with the Patriots, which has him now locked up till 2021, I believe. And the biggest news of all of that was that it was a $70 million extension for two years. Uh, basically, he's making about 30-some million and change. I'm not sure how exactly that's going to set up how their cap works. But um, they were already pretty close to the cap before the New England Patriots were. So them now giving this extension to Brady pretty much limits, unless they can massage the cap a little bit, pretty much limits who they can sign in the offs, like in, in any free agency type deals or any uh, veteran moves they could make or taking people and any big names, moving them at a trade deadline, barring anything that they massage the cap going forward. It looks like the, whatever the Patriots are bringing to the table this year with their roster, as it currently is established, will be what we see for the majority of the season, which brings into account everyone saying that Gronk might come back for like the latter half of the season or maybe make a playoff run, they don't have a lot of money to spend So as it sits right now. So unless Gronk wants to play in a Super Bowl or play in you know the, Patri- or the Patriots playoff run for like a million dollars, that looks like about all the cap space they have currently. So that's kind of a big development. I know a lot of people were out there thinking that was a possibility. I went through the idea and thought maybe it would be. But as it sits right now, the way they signed the deal with Brady basically means they cannot pay anybody big money. But the interesting thing about the Brady contract is that the, he actually got paid market value of quarterback. So he's making about $30 million a year, a little over that. And he will be in that same market of like what quarterbacks are being paid. Like Kirk Cousins is making $30 million a year. Um, I think that's pretty much what the going rate for quarterbacks is. And this is surprising because Tom Brady has never, ever taken market value for being at the quarterback position his entire career. He's been underpaid his entire career. Part of that is the fact that his wife, Giselle, is a multimillionaire and makes more money than him. But the other part of that is he's been extremely good to the Patriots, which has allowed them in the salary cap era to always put the best team forward and they don't have to worry about quarterback because Tom Brady's been willing to take pay cuts. Now that when they when the books are made about the Patriots dynasty, because there will be books, there will be so much documentation about this because 
what has transpired, and I've said it so many times, I hate the Patriots, but what they have done is so like unprecedented in the modern era of football that there will be studies, there will be books, there will be people who write about this dynasty for years to come, and what they will say is the catalyst behind the dynasty was them being able to have Tom Brady for as long as they had him, for as cheap as they had him. I think, I don't know the exact numbers, I believe it was like when he restructured his deal and I think it was 2005 or 2006, somewhere in there, he was making pretty much uh, what, I think the contract was what he signed for now. It was $70 million, but it was a four-year, $70 million deal. So you do those numbers, he was getting, you know, basically pennies on the dollar for what quarterback value was at that point, and it continued to skyrocket. I mean, around that time in the mid-2000s, you had Ben Roethlisberger getting signed to a pretty big considering deal. He was the highest-paid quarterback at that time around you know the mid-2000s. You had a whole bunch of slew of quarterbacks getting paid big, big contract money, and here's Tom Brady quietly just taking his you know 15 or so million dollars a year, which is now what people would consider running back money to play the quarterback position and play it at the highest level. He had never, ever, ever in his entire career his entire career in the NFL, the man's turning, what, 40? Didn't he just, I think he turned, his birthday is either today or yesterday. Uh, he just turned, I think, 42, if, I, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken. Yeah, he just turned 40, he just turned 42 on August 3rd. So two days ago is his birthday. Just turned 42. There's never been a guy who's played at the level that he has and for the money that he has. And uh, it's pretty incredible, honestly. So the Patriots have signed him to an actual deal that pays him market value, which is interesting because it's never been done before. And it's not like Tom Brady's hurting for money. I think he's amassed through his, you know, 19 seasons in the NFL. I think he's gotten like $225 million from the NFL and from the Patriots. So he's not hurting for money. And Giselle's a multimillionaire. So they're pretty much set for life. But it's interesting to see why they decided to pay him market value for these two years as opposed to not. It's not like Brady would have asked for more. Or maybe he did, or I don't know why. A lot of people had, you know, had it kind of calculated that since Brady had taken so little money his entire career, that the Patriots were going to offer him a piece of the franchise when he retired, right? Like give him a percentage of the franchise. Like Robert Kraft was going to be like, hey, you're going to be a minority owner. Um, here's like, you know, 20% of the franchise, right? As a kickback for being so good to the franchise for so long. Obviously that could still be in play, but it's weird that if that was part of the deal all along, why did they go and double down and give him a bigger contract than he's ever gotten before? It's interesting. It'll be weird to see how the Patriots make this money move. Again, it kind of locks them up because they don't have a lot of cap space to begin with. And this was a big deal. So interesting. Happy for Tom Brady finally getting paid what he deserves as is as terrible as uh, you know as that sounds because I hate him, but I've just I've gone from hating him to respecting him so much, and I still hate playing against him and I hate when the Patriots win, but he's just won so much that you can't call it a fluke. You can't say anything. He's the greatest quarterback I've ever seen play in my entire lifetime, and I've seen Peyton Manning through the majority of his career and at the pinnacle of his career. And Peyton Manning was obviously he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. But Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen play with my two eyes, and I've watched him. I've watched every single Super Bowl he's ever won. So, again, crazy. Good for him for getting paid. He deserves it. 
in other news, um, so Antonio Brown, there's there was multiple reports of him skipping practice. I know CBS wrote a thing where they he was like a wall. That was not the case. He was not a wall. John Gruden gave him time off for a injury that was undisclosed, and everyone was like, "What's wrong with it?" They're like, "It's a non-football injury." So everyone was speculating what the injury might have been. Then there was reports that he had foot blisters, and then everyone was like, "Well, how crazy? You know, it's foot blisters. I've I've had foot blisters. We've all had foot blisters. How bad could it possibly be where you're not playing football? Like, just put a bandaid on it, right?" Well, Antonio Brown takes to Instagram uh, his story and puts up a picture of his feet, and all I could say is, "Wow!" If you if you haven't seen that picture, go Google it because it is unbelievable how bad those blisters are on his feet. His left foot, the sole of his left foot, is literally peeling off. It is a giant foot blister. Which immediately, when I saw it, was this is a man who's been so good at taking care of his body for so long. He has rarely been injured by sides of like a little tweaks here and there and and guys like, you know, hitting him in the head like Vontez Perfect, but don't we don't have to go down that rabbit hole again. But what I am saying is the fact that he let something like that get that bad is so surprising to me. I don't know how that happens. Like I can understand getting a blister on your foot, like maybe if you're like breaking in a new pair of shoes or like whatever. I've had tons of blisters. Like breaking in a new pair of boots for like work or when I was in boot camp, my feet were destroyed after it because I had a brand new pair of boots that I'd never worn before and I was running in them. And it's just a bad combination. I completely understand. I've had foot blisters, but not that bad. I've never had them that bad. And this is supposed to be a guy, if you've ever seen his Instagram or Snapchat, right? He's always getting a foot massage or a pedicure or whatever, because obviously his feet are part of his livelihood. If he has messed up feet, he can't play football and he can't, you know, play at the highest level. So it's like, what happened? Like, what did, ha- like, did he spill like acid on his feet? And like, nobody knows. And it's shocking because it is so bad. It is the worst blisters I think I've ever seen of someone who is that wealthy. Like, there's no excuse for how well he should be able to maintain his feet, yet they are so horribly bad that I just don't even know what to say. They are, they're just absolutely terrible. They're, they're absolutely terrible. So he's still not practicing. He's listed as day to day to figure out. And he went to go see a foot specialist. That's all I know. So maybe it's some kind of skinned condition, right? Where like your skin's falling off. I have no idea, but it is absolutely disgusting. Go ahead and Google that if you're really looking, you know, maybe to puke. But it's, it's just concerning because I just don't know how as a professional athlete who's your feet and your hands or your livelihood you would let something like that happen to your feet or your hands. So again, terrible. I mean, I'm not, I don't feel sorry for him at all because, you know, obviously, but whatever. So that's that news and an interesting little blurb and picture. If you want to go look at that, uh, next up. So I guess it was last night. I want to say, uh, Baker Mayfield was at a Indians game and, the camera panned to him and he's sitting next to his wife and they're, you know, enjoying a nice, cool, tall beverage. And then he, the camera pans to him. He waves to the crowd. The crowd goes nuts because it's Baker Mayfield. And he's like, you know, the patron saint of Cleveland right now. And then he calls the camera back over because he sees it starting to like pan away on the big screen. And then he grabs a beer that someone tosses him. 
he bites into it and shotguns it in the middle of the state, uh, you know, in the middle of this box seat that he's at. And the crowd goes nuts and he slams it down. And it was a pretty good shotgun. Not going to lie, it was pretty good. But the fact remains the same. It's like, listen, I don't know if I want my, you know, quarterback shotgun and beers at Indians games. Uh, I, I'm not going to speculate. I know there's been a lot of people that have like really crucified him in the media for it. And, and that's not what I'm trying to do because, listen, I understand he's a young guy. I've been there, you know. I was in a fraternity in college. I've shotgunned plenty of beers in my lifetime. But the thing is, it's like you're trying to be the the franchise guy. And like, yeah, we've seen Brady chug a beer and we've seen Rogers chug a beer and Stafford chug a beer. But honestly, like those were pretty mild and it was kind of like in the off season and it was fun and everyone was having a good time. Like Brady takes care of his body. Like I'm pretty sure when he was on, I, I think what was that? The, like the tonight show, it was it Letterman when he chugged that beer. I, I don't even know. One of those shows where Brady chugged that beer and everyone was like, wow, it was really fast. Like it was off season. You know, it's totally different. And also when you've won as many times as Brady, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. Pardon my language, but you can do whatever you want to do. But I just wouldn't put myself out there like that, but the the city of Cleveland has eaten it up and they are just in love with it. But it just goes to show you because that's what Cleveland is. Cleveland is a city full of people that just want names in to gravitate towards to. They want people who they feel represent them, right? All the blue collar workers of Cleveland are all like, yeah, man, he shotgun that beer, man. He's so cool. I love Baker Mayfield, man. He's my best friend, bro. And that's the city of Cleveland. And the city of Cleveland is is just enthralled by names. They never have ever won a championship besides when LeBron, not only did LeBron dump them after that championship, he dumped them twice. He dumped them when they were terrible, went to Miami, came back, won a championship, and dumped them again. Okay? The city is garbage. This like Cleveland as a whole, right? They haven't won a, haven't won any title since that that, you know, championship, which ultimately they could have lost, but they didn't. They won. But I'm not gonna take that away from them. But they haven't won any other title, right? In fact, the Browns left. The Browns left in 1995 the browns left they were no longer a franchise in the sport because they moved to baltimore and then the browns became a new franchise in 1999 and then their old franchise the baltimore ravens who used to be the cleveland browns won a super bowl in 2000 so literally a year later you have to watch your old franchise with all your old draft picks and all your old talent literally Win a Super Bowl while you are in squander trying to figure out what you've done. Okay? So, the city didn't even want the Browns. Nobody wanted anybody. They were terrible. The Indians were terrible for a long time. They just recently started getting good, but they still haven't won any type of championship. So, the city gravitates towards names. It doesn't gravitate towards winning. Right? Anybody that can be something there, which is why the Browns are so great right now because everyone is enthralled by all these names right like they're they're embodying the city like lebron embodied the city right nobody cared about kyrie while he was there really was all lebron's team in fact they ran kyrie out of town then 
you have names like Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr., and those are names, and everyone loves those names, and everybody loves them. But what have they ever won? Baker Mayfield was 1-6 versus winning teams. And he did not do well when he had to play, or not 1-6, he was, I think it was, because he came in and we played with the last like seven or half of the game, so it was six. He played like eight games, and he was like, I think it was like two and five versus winning teams or something crazy. So he's not, he has no record versus winning teams. He has yet to beat a winning team, really. And on top of that, if you take away the two games where he played Cincinnati, the worst defense in the league in every single category, and they had to play him twice, by the way, and he put up seven touchdowns and no interceptions, if you take away those two games and look at his stats without those two stat buffer games, where literally Cincinnati, the worst defense in the league, they gave up like 500 yards average to everyone. If you take away those two games, his stats are so mediocre. He's just an he's just a regular old dude. And he didn't hasn't won you anything. You guys went seven, eight, and one. Right? You 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 didn't have a winning record versus winning teams. You went as a as a you went one and six versus winning teams. So you you need you need better out of him. And you can't have all these guys that just embody the city in their names. Because that's what Cleveland does. They grab onto these people, and then they historically let them down, okay? Do you remember Peyton Hillis, who was like a fullback slash tight end for Cleveland, was on the cover of Madden. That's how much hype he had, and and that's a throwback for you people. Peyton Hillis. The guy disappeared after two seasons. No one ever heard of him again, right? But that was because the, the hype about him was so real, and Cleveland was desperate for anyone they could grab onto. And so I don't fault Baker for doing things like this, but really what he should be doing is instead of just, you know, creating a media circus and a riot, just focus on winning because his team's never had a winning season since 2002. So you got to get back. You got to get back there. You got to figure it out. And I honestly, I can't believe the hype is so crazy. And I've talked about it so many times in the show. They will not live up to the hype. They just will not. They can't. They can't stay out of the media. They can't stop doing stupid stuff, right? All of Baker has called out every single person pretty much and talked about how good they are and has mouthed off more than any quarterback in the NFL, which means he's going to incite a riot from every team that they face from now on and it's going to bring it's going to make every team want to bring their best because the media themselves Everyone in the city of Cleveland has already crowned the Browns the champions, which means when they play every team this year, and I guarantee you when they line up and they play Tennessee this year, first game of the season, they're going to get smacked in the mouth because every team has heard this garbage being spewed in their direction about how great the Browns are, and really, they're going to be tired of it. They're going to be like, well, I guess we're already set to lose this game, so we might as well go out there and smack them in the mouth and see if we can win. And they're And they're going to get every team's best to knock off the so-called paper champions before it even starts. So mark my words, I guarantee you they're going to finish around the same record. It, it, at most, they'll go they'll go 9-7. and seven. I, I don't see them winning any more than nine games. I don't see it at all. I think they're going to lose some close games, and, and at the beginning, I think they're going to lose a lot of games at the beginning, maybe like two or three right off the bat, and that's going to really define them. Again, 
They have people on this team who have never won anything, okay? No one on this team has won anything. You have Odell Beckham Jr. who lost his very first playoff game that he was in, right? That was when he went on that trip to the Bahamas with his boys and then had a playoff game like in like five days later, and he decided to go on this Bahama trip on a boat, and everyone was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you have a playoff game in like five days, and he's like, oh, no, it's cool. And then he caught like five catches for like 50 yards or not even 50 yards, like 23 yards and was had like, had like four drops. It was terrible. And everyone was like, yeah, cause you went on vacation. You didn't like, you know, do something, which I'm not saying that was the cause, but that's the first thing the media is going to say is why'd you go on vacation? Cause you obviously weren't very prepared and he had no answer. He was like, my performance has nothing to do with my vacation, but that was the narrative. And he never went to the playoffs again after that. And he never beat anybody. And Eli Manning even said, if you watch that interview when they had, where he said, listen, you know, what do you guys, do you think you guys can do well without Odo Beckham Jr.? And he's like, hey, everyone's counting us out, but we won a lot of games before he was here. As in, I won two freaking Super Bowls before you were ever here, before you even a thought, before you were an LSU prodigy, I won two freaking Super Bowls and was MVP champ twice before you were even on this roster. So... Basically, that was Eli Manning taking a subtle shot saying, put some respect on my name before you start throwing me around. Because really, I beat Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl and was MVP twice in the Super Bowl. Okay? Not, not a lot of people have done that. He outdoled the greatest quarterback of our generation twice in the Super Bowl and won MVP twice. So the fact that Odell is going to take shots at his old team like that is crazy to me. But there it is. There it is. All this blah, 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 mouth, mouth, mouth. And they are going to get every team's best on Sunday because of Baker running his mouth, of Odell running his mouth, of all these people talking about how they're the best team in the league when they haven't won anything. Come and talk to me in September and see what happens. You have to play in the in the hardest division in the AFC. It's either, it's either the AFC North or the AFC South. Tough, toughest two divisions in the AFC. you got to play the Baltimore Ravens, the Steelers, twice. Both of them are going to be a, a pretty decent team. I think the Steelers are going to be the best team in the division. They have to play the Patriots. They have to play a whole bunch of slew of teams in the AFC that are good because last year they played on a loser schedule. This year they're playing on a middle-of-the-road middle schedule, which is a step above their competition. And to only be 1-6 against winning teams, that shows you all you need to know. They're going to get a lot more winning teams this year, and the proof's going to be in the pudding, and I'm tired of everybody talking about it. It's nuts. You can't escape it. You go on Twitter, and it's just like, oh, look at Odell Beckham catch these one-handed passes at practice. Ooh, look at Baker Mayfield. He's telling everyone that he's feeling dangerous because he's got a mustache. It's like, oh, my God, the hype, and it is unbearable. It is unbearable, and I don't know how anyone in the media can sit there and listen to this. Who the hell have they ever beat? Ever. This is a team three years ago had won one game in the last two seasons. They were terrible. And all of a sudden, you get you win seven games the following year, and all of a sudden, the sky is falling. They're going to win the Super Bowl? Like, for FFS, people, that is nuts. The entire sports media needs an enema. We just need to stop overhyping things. Because, listen... All you're going to do is, is when you overhype a team like this, you're just going to disappoint yourself, right? It would be so much better if, if they had zero hype. If they just said, hey, you know what? The Browns have compiled a pretty good team this year. We'll see what they do. That's all you need to say. They have a pretty good team on paper. We'll see what they do. 
that's that is a is a hundred percent viable argument. The Browns have a pretty good team this year. We'll see what they do because guess what? We can't guess whatever we want, but sometimes you guess and you guess wrong. When the Patriots went undefeated in the regular season and they went undefeated through the playoffs and made the Super Bowl, everybody crowned them the champions before they won the Super Bowl. And the Giants, who limped into the playoffs and barely beat Green Bay and a bunch of other teams to make it there, everyone said there's no way this team has any chance. And literally, you can watch the video of Michael Strahan telling everyone on that defensive roster, they tell us we have no chance of winning this game. So let's go out there and try to prove everybody wrong. And they did. End of story. Nobody remembers that the Pages went undefeated that year because they went 18-1. and They lost the biggest game of the year in that season, and nobody cares that they went undefeated. Right? So this is the whole, the whole thing I have to tell you. Don't believe hype. Don't believe everything you read. Don't believe everything you hear. Because mostly, it's probably going to be wrong. You have no way of predicting the future. You just don't. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Baker Mayfield could get hurt in the very first opener of the game. Odell Beckham Jr. could get hurt in the very first opener. Anything can happen, and then all of a sudden, everyone's going to make excuses why this team isn't good. I'm telling you right now, there's too much hype for a team that hasn't played anybody yet. They've never played anyone. Their coach hasn't, hasn't ever been a coach in the NFL. They haven't done anything. They've won nothing. They have nothing. All they have is a roster, and everybody has those. There's 32 teams in the NFL, and everyone has a roster. So. Get off the hype train right now. The city of Cleveland needs to take an enema and they need to wake up. Because, listen, say whatever you want to say about whatever. But until you actually beat a team in the regular season, I will not focus on anything you have to say. And if I'm a betting man, I'm betting that the uh, that the Cleveland Browns don't win more than nine games this year. They just don't. And I'm betting that they don't even win the division. Because they just don't. Because statistics would tell you that that is just is so un- unprobable for them to go 7-8-1, and one, have two losing seasons where they collectively only win two games of the last three years before this season, and then go out there and you want to tell me that they're going to be the Super Bowl champs or win the AFC North? Yeah, hard no. There's two, there's two teams in the league. The one team that actually won the division last year in the Ravens and the Steelers, who I think are better than them. So... We'll see what happens, but get off the hype train. Anyway, that's pretty much just wrap up everything that I missed over the weekend. Um, I want to take this time to let everybody know I have 400 total views on all my stuff, and I appreciate everybody's support, uh, sharing the podcast, and um, you know, continue to do that. Continue to share. Continue to tell your friends. Continue to email me. Or you can message me on Instagram at the rant with Eli. You can follow me on Twitter at the rant Eli. You can DM me on any of those. Let me know what you think about the show. Ask me questions about things. Debate me about topics. Let me know what you think and what I can do to make the show better and more interesting for everyone listening. Again, please, if you have any type of material you want me to do, you can email me at the rant Eli at gmail.com. I am 100% open for suggestions, 100% open for whatever you want to talk about. The NFL season is kicking off. We have another week of preseason games. It honestly don't matter that much, but I will be watching uh, on Friday night because the Steelers play Tampa Bay, and it'll be interesting to see 
all that because I'm a diehard fan and I do watch preseason when it's my team. And I don't watch it for anybody else, really. But I will continue to watch, continue to watch the Zeke thing, continue to watch the Melvin Gordon asking for trades. Those are all things I'm going to keep up to date on and see what's happening around the league and any more interesting factors and stuff like that. So again, guys, I appreciate everybody uh, listening. Please share the podcast and support it by just sharing it. That's all you have to do. I don't want your money. I just want you to share it. Uh, Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, And there will be more content coming out this week. I 100% promise I'm going to try to put out as much as I can before I jump on a plane and travel to the Sunshine State. Uh, Thanks again, guys, for listening, and I'll see you when I see you.